welcome to the Moms on Maternity YouTube show and podcast. I'm Amy Cruz, and today we have on Shannon Carroll. Shannon is an author of a book called One Thing Remains. Uh, she's the mom of three boys, and she's many other things. How are you today, Shannon? I am doing really well. Thank you for having me, Amy. Thank you for joining us. So how old are your boys now? Well, my stepson is 19 and a half. And then uh, we have a 12 and 13 year old boy. Wow. Boys. boys. <laughs> yes. Awesome. They eat like crazy. They're growing oh, up. Crazy. I can imagine my boys are five and seven and they're already starting to eat more every year. I notice. So it's wild. What year did the book come out? One thing remains. It was launched in October of 2020 and immediately became a bestseller on Amazon. And we're just really, really humbled and amazed because uh, it's a personal, bizarre story that we never expected to go through. And then to have to know that it's in the hands of other people and they're reading our story is a very vulnerable feeling. Um, but it's been it's been really a gift. It's been awesome to see the response. Okay, so what is the story in One Thing Remains? Okay, buckle your seatbelt for okay. this story. Um, it is it, it counts the account from when my husband ended up with amnesia in the spring of 2019. And, you know, we don't hear of many people that get amnesia these days. A lot of times we'll hear about someone who experienced short-term memory loss from a car accident or a head injury, something traumatic like that. But he was a healthy 48-year-old, busy pastor, husband. We were running a homestead. We were in the middle of a house remodel. And I thought one morning that he was having a heart attack. I'm a nurse, so I have a background as a nurse. So I was taking him to the hospital because I thought he was having a heart attack. He became unresponsive on the way to the hospital. I had to pull over and call 911. And when he came to, he was really confused. They got to the hospital. They started running all the tests. His heart was checking out completely fine. Um, and But he had memory loss. He could not remember the last eight to 13 years of our life. And we thought, oh, his memories will come back just in a few moments and a few days. Um, they could not find a single thing that was wrong with him, with his heart, with his brain. We were in the hospital for several days and they discharged us by saying, we've heard of things like this happening, but we've never actually seen it. We think that most likely his amnesia was caused, get this, from years of cumulative stress, that the stress of life that hadn't been addressed and just doing too much all the time effectively shut his brain down. And he described it as like someone took a scoop and just an ice cream scoop and scooped his memories out. So they sent us home and said, your memories may come back in a day, a week, a year, or never just go live your life. Um, so we went home to a home that we had been in for several years that he did not recognize. Um, he thought our boys were still in car seats, the younger two, they're just a year apart. And so he thought they were still in car seats. They were nine and 10. He didn't recognize our dog. He didn't know why we had a homestead. He didn't know that he was a pastor. He didn't recognize the church, didn't know passwords to bank accounts or current events. It was the most bizarre experience. It's bizarre, yeah. It's almost like, so you, we've heard of movies and time yeah. warp movies. So it's like he went to sleep in 2009 and oh woke up God. in 2019. That's how it was. So trying to wrap your brain around life without your memories 
is is pretty hard to do, which is one of the reasons we wrote the book to tell what life with amnesia. Well, is luckily, like. I mean, it's eight to 13 years, not, you know, complete. Correct. Right. Correct. Yes. He knew who we were, mm-hmm. um, but it was like he had missed 10 years of our life. You know, we had gone gluten free in that time. I'd started using essential oils. The boys were grown up and he all of that was new. It was foreign so, to him. What changed in your life because of this? Everything. <laughs> Truly everything. Like how? Okay. So when I never realized before how much our memories are connected to our emotions and our emotional attachments. So when he couldn't remember our home, our homestead, our lifestyle, he was very detached from it emotionally. So for example, we walked into the house, I had to take him on a tour of our house. And um, in the few days we had been in the hospital, the water heater had developed a leak and he walked in, he goes, oh, your water heater is leaking you need to call your plumber. Like there was no emotional attachment to this water heater. He had never seen the thing before. And so I responded and said, well, that's our water heater and our plumber's number is in your phone, which he didn't know what an iPhone was. He saw me in the ER working, texting on my iPhone. That is so crazy. And he's like, what is that? And I said, it's my iPhone. He goes, that looks a lot different than a Blackberry. I mean, so, so bizarre, the layers of this. So because he was emotionally detached from our life, he was able to have like this outsider's perspective on our life. Mm -hmm. So he's like, why do we have this enormous organic garden? Why do we have chickens? He said to me, why are you on your phone all of the time? You know, why are our kids watching movies so often? Why are we so busy? Why? He could not grasp our current life and lifestyle. Whereas when we were in the middle of it before amnesia, we knew life was too stressful. We knew we were doing too much, but we were emotionally attached to all of it. Our values were tied up in it and we couldn't take anything off the table. But when he saw things differently, it, it opened our eyes. So long story short, we learned five lessons, um, which are also in the book that changed our life for me. Well, thank you for sharing them. This is fascinating. Isn't it crazy? Yeah. We ended up downsizing, moving. Um, literally everything changed about our life because of what we learned from amnesia. So it was a, it was a blessing in disguise? Yes. It was an absolute nightmare to walk through but it ended up being the best gift we could have ever received. Are you, are you share? Can you share some of the five or do you? Is that yeah, something? absolutely. Um, one of my favorites in the five lessons is the value of a clean slate. So um, David had this clean slate. He didn't remember that the night before he lost his memories, we had been in a big fight and yeah. the stress of life just made us really irritated easily irritated with each other just normal life right but we we tend to snap at each other yeah. and and then we remember the previous argument and that bleeds into this right? argument yeah. and all the things okay so when all of that was gone he didn't remember a single disagreement argument issue that we had had and his communication with me was so sweet mm-hmm. and so tender like we were newlyweds. And yeah. so it showed me the value of forgiveness that we all actually need a little more amnesia in our life. And it changed. I, I then had a choice because I could remember all the arguments, the disagreements, the frustrations, but I wanted this new sweet unity yeah. that we had. Yeah. So I had to choose to put that 
aside, a part of the, and then to this day, our marriage looks different uh, because we don't want to ever go back to that spot again. Um, Another part of the clean slate is that I was telling him, you know, I I was Google for him, 24-7 Google and the historian. And so I'm telling him things about the last eight to 13 years that he had missed, right? He had been there. He knew about it. But in the moment, he didn't know about multiple miscarriages and stillbirth and some traumatic experiences that had happened in our life. And so one day I'm just like rattling off all of this history, this difficult history that he couldn't remember at the time. And he stopped me. He said, Shannon, stop. He said, I, my brain cannot handle negative emotions, negative, um, not negative emotions, negative memories. Mm -hmm. He said, you, you, you're telling me these things about people and things that have happened And I don't have any context for it. I don't know what to do about it. He grieved all over again with some of these things that I was telling him, people that we had lost in the family in those 10 years. And he said, please, he said, never again, tell me another negative thing about anyone or any, anything. He said, if, and I said, well, there are some things you probably need to know about people. I mean, there's been some tough things that have happened. He said, my, it's too painful for my brain to handle it. So I want people to be known by their fruit and what I am witnessing right now. If it's important for me to figure out, I'll figure it out. Otherwise, don't tell me. And many times throughout, it was about a month that he had amnesia. He stuck to that. And I would start to say something negative and be like, nope, stop. I only want positive things in my brain. And it showed me we're so used to negativity. We're so desensitized to negativity or gossip. We don't realize that it is actually impacting our brain's health. So that was pretty wild for me. Wow. Yes. So the memories still never came back or they they did come back? They did come back in an instant. Um, We, from the very first day we were in the emergency room, he kept saying, do we take vacations and do we get away? And I answered him by saying, no, you had four weeks off last year and we took two of them and they were for business trips for me. And otherwise we never felt like we could afford time or energy or money to get away. And Mm -hmm. we didn't make vacations and time away a priority. Well, from the day one, he's like, we have to get away. We've got to get away. We've got to get away. So some friends provided a vacation for us in Florida. And I knew that the trip would be part of our healing It ended up being worse before it got better. Um, We got down there and he's talking about he couldn't go back to the church or he couldn't, he was gonna have to go get a corporate job. He said he didn't know me anymore because I was so different than what he had remembered from 10 years ago. And I said, well, I don't really recognize you either. You're different. You're 10 years in in here and he's 10 years back here and we're trying to bridge our worlds. Anyway, it was really rough. and so I wasn't sure how the healing was going to come, but on the very last day we were there, he got up in the morning to read his Bible and have his quiet time, watch the sunrise come up over the balcony. And when he was done, he stood up and he said that this, he blacked out kind of like when we stand up too fast Mm -hmm. and our vision just gets a little blurry, except he was, it was totally black. So he grabbed the railing and he thought, great, am I going blind now too? And then he said he felt this tingling sensation and he's a pretty logical guy. This is so bizarre. Tingling sensation Uh as if you just hit your, your funny bone. He just said it started at the top of my head. It worked its way all the way through my body. When it came out my feet, my eyes opened. I could see, 
And he was thinking about the church and church life, which had been something that had been completely erased from his memories. He ran into the bedroom where I was scrolling Facebook and he goes, I think my memories are back. And I said, are you kidding me? He goes, why would I kid about something like that? (laughs) He said, ask me a question, ask me something, test it, test it. And I said, I can't think of anything to ask you. Oh my God, that's funny. Anyway, I figured out a question to ask of something we hadn't talked about during that month. He answered it correctly. We sobbed like babies. Every single memory was back in an instant. What a story. So what are you guys doing now? Like, what's life? What's the goal? The goal is um, to share this story because we want to steward our story very well. Not everyone gets to experience or thank goodness has to experience and walk through amnesia like we did. And we don't want to hold that for ourselves. It's such a compelling story that we want others to know that there is another way to live. And it took amnesia and a huge wake up call for us, but we want others to know, especially the fact that this stressed out life that we are living as Americans is not what God intended. You know, we wear busyness and we wear stress as a badge of honor and it's not, it is messing with our brain. It is affecting our relationships. It is hindering our full purpose and our calling. And there is value in being able to have a little amnesia, step outside your own life and truly put everything on the table. Say, is this serving me? Is this serving my family? Is this serving my purpose? And if it's not, it's okay to say no. It's okay to get rid of it for a season. Our life really does depend on that. Um, So we want to, we're in a place of peace as far as our own home and our stress. We keep a real thumb on the pulse of our stress levels uh, because we don't want to go back there. Um, but we want, we, we want to live in peace and we want to share this message with others. That cool. There's another way so to what live. What is the action others can take? Really? We walk through a lot of those action steps in the book. Uh-huh. And the book and again is called one thing called remains. One mm-hmm. thing remains. Cause there is one thing that he did not forget mm-hmm. in the middle of all of this. So we titled it one thing remains And, but there's a a chapter in there about brain health and uh, how to take care of our brain and a chapter called putting it all on the table. And we walk through baby steps of how to get the same results we did without losing your own mind in the process. (laughs) That's cool. Cause what is the definition of stress really? Hmm. That's a really good question. What would the definition of stress be? Anything that interrupts our peace. Mm-hmm. And wow. some stress is good. We we need some fight or flight, right? For um, no pressure, for, no diamonds. <laughs> but you know, I'm out of the hustle mode. Yeah. As a uh, I'm a recovering hustle addict, as an entrepreneur and in the wow. network marketing industry, I've always worn that title of boss babe and hustle mom. And that's not the life that I want anymore. It's not worth it. I thought I was losing my husband on the side of the road that first day. And in that moment, everything shifted. And I realized the things that I thought were so important, they really aren't. What did you think was important? What I thought was important at the time was this um, homesteading life. I had Which is, sorry, my- I don't think I, I'm not really, I'm not a farmer. What is a homestead? So it's, we had chickens, we had a big organic garden an orchard, a pond. Our goal was to be self-sufficient and self-sustaining on our own land. So it was like a hobby for us. 
And we were sharing that story with the world. I had named my Instagram Carol Family Homestead. And like our value was wrapped up in this major project on our land. Okay, this is fascinating. So that was something that you like loved at the time. And loved. Thought, and now it became unimportant to you later. Yeah. yeah weird. You know, that's so weird. So now you have no homestead. You go to the grocery store. You buy food at the grocery store. I, I have two raised bed gardens on my little postage stamp yard. That's good. And some container gardens. We just planted a couple fruit trees. Um, but it, you know, it used to take my husband five hours to mow our land and now he and the boys can get it done in 30 minutes. So that frees up time and space and energy to do what does matter. And for us, what really does matter is rest. Um, sleep is more important to us now than ever before. I learned how much we need sleep. Mm-hmm. Our brain depends yeah. on it. We have to have that reset. I used to get mad at him for taking naps and felt like he was just a lazy bum. <laughs> and um, I now, when he says his brain's tired and he needs to sleep, I'm like, go for it. You know, I even turn over my to-do list to get more sleep. Um, family, eating nutritious meals at home, spending time with friends. Those are the things that are important. That's to us. cool. What a good story. And, you know, I think it takes um, a lot of vulnerability just to even share, like, this was who I was. I was this person. And now I'm not that person anymore. Cause that, what you just outlined is like what used to be important to you, this like self sustaining landstead. Um, it's probably still important to other people. And that maybe is not stressful to them. Right. Yes, exactly. So we have several friends who are into you know, the homesteading world. Mm-hmm. Like that's great as long as you can keep it in balance. You know, what I found was we just kept adding more things to the plate. Mm-hmm. Nothing ever came off. And we just kept adding more, which is how so much of our culture works. And we realized there are seasons for things. There might be a season for a homestead and you've got to let the travel baseball team go during that season. Mm-hmm. There might be a season to get up early and exercise. Well, then you've got to let the nighttime Netflix go so you can get more mm-hmm. sleep. You know, yeah. we've got to constantly it's be evaluating. Really, really well said. Wow. Totally resonate with that. And I'm sure so many other women and moms completely resonate with that. Okay. So any final pieces of advice for moms, moms with younger children, new babies, children, elementary school age children, specifically going through that phase of their life? Absolutely. As I've I've thought about this and I've thought about the audience that'll be listening today. um, The thing that just keeps coming to mind is don't be afraid to reevaluate. If something is feeling, if you're feeling like you're in the pressure cooker and the valve is about to blow that is a warning sign. Pay attention to the warning signs and it's okay to spend time putting it all on paper, praying over it and taking some things off the table. Your, your value, your identity is not in what we do. It's in who we are and whose we are and don't get the values and identity uh, mixed up. It's okay to evaluate and to take things off the table. Well, a great uh, piece of you know advice as we approach Mother's Day. Um, thank you so much. And people, are you on social media these days? I am. I am. Um, I'm on Instagram. So Shannon L. Carroll on Instagram. That's also my website, shannonlcarroll.com. And our book, One Thing Remains, it's on Amazon. Uh-huh. Check it out. It's a 
beautiful cover. So it's a great, fascinating story. My husband and I both wrote it. So you get to hear both of our perspectives throughout it all. Is he, is he still practicing at the church? He is. He went back to No, the actually, I do want to ask one more question that has been on my mind. Um, a lot of, and I could be wrong, but people I know um, with kids are not necessarily going to Sunday school as much as maybe our generation. Mm-hmm. Is that a trend or am I wrong? Is that anything that we're seeing? Yes. It is definitely a trend across our country. For mm-hmm. sure. The church has lost its um, influence and it used to be the center of our culture. And now it's just a side thing and we have too many side things. So it gets pushed aside. <laughs> Busy life, right? I can say that after this experience that we went through, even after COVID, it's not been the story of our church. Our church has grown and it's gotten stronger through all of it. And um, we saw, and this one of the the lessons, one of the five lessons is that community is a gift from God and our church community carried us. When David didn't know who they were, he had baptized them. He had helped marry them. He had done funerals for their family members, but he had no idea who they were. They still carried us and our family and loved us in a way that was very healing. And so the church we think is a very valuable part of our society. Awesome. Do you have advice for uh, families to, to find community? Um, is it just really f- joining a local religious organization or anything else? Yes. It's not just any organization, though. You do have to do your research. And so from my faith perspective, you know, it needs to be a Bible-believing church where the Bible is highlighted. Um, spoiler alert, that is the one thing David didn't forget was the Bible. He forgot everything else except for that. And so it showed me that it is, it's a book that's alive and we need to elevate it um, in our world today, but definitely be intentional about finding a community of love and of grace and of truth, because we were not meant to do this alone. And that's something that the COVID culture has created in us is this isolated world and this Zoom world and the screen world. And it leaves us longing for connection and feeling empty. We could not have made it through this experience without our community. Wow. Well, thank you for sharing that. Again, Shannon L. Carroll, amazing interview. Really nice to meet you. Thank you, Amy. One thing remains. Have a great rest of your day. Bye. Thank you. Thanks for watching. For more, please visit www.monsummaternity.com.